welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Springer! Hey, do you remember, Jerry, yeah. uh, a few years back when you were flirting with running for governor in Ohio and you were yeah. traveling around the state? With you. That's right. Yeah. I was the entourage of one. He, he needed <laughs> to be strange. somebody to say, hey, go ask that guy over there. You know, yeah. often, can I get tickets to your show? <laughs> go talk to that guy over there. So uh, we were at a dinner. Jerry gave a talk at a Democratic Party dinner. It was up in Cleveland. Or no, it wasn't. It was down in rural Ohio. But the next night, we were going to be in Cleveland where we were going to give a speech. And someone, and there were a lot of Harleys there. And at the time, I had a Harley Davidson. You were riding as well. And we had been to Sturgis, so we had kind of slipped into that culture some. And I was talking to these Harley riders, and uh, we're talking bikes and things. And uh, they said... uh, Jerry Springer rides? And I says, yeah, he's ridden a three-wheeler a number of times. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and three-wheelers are real popular these now days. Now they are because everyone's as old as I, I you am. You got it. <laughs> so they said, do you think Jerry would come back and do this event that's happening tomorrow night in this area near Athens, Ohio, out in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains in uh, southeastern Ohio? And I, and I thought, I would love that we would go there. But it's not my call. I'm a staffer. So I remember calling Mike Ford, God rest his yeah. soul. I said, Mike, Jerry can connect with this kind of Sturgis crowd, but it's in Ohio, but it's a kind of a Sturgis event. We, if he's going to run, we need to go there. We need to start to cultivate that crowd. And Mike says, do it. He approved it Yeah. as the head of the campaign. Right. Right? Right. So I said to Jerry... Let's go. Let's do it. Let's organize it. You had a private plane, your own plane, your own pilots. Let's go. So we go to Cleveland. He gives a talk. He's got a suit on. We both did. Then we like go to some John somewhere at the, one of the airports and put on like blue jeans and T-shirts. And we go <laughs> to this place, this wooded thing way the hell back in the woods. And there was just a sea of Harley Davidsons. Yeah. And there was a band, because it was like a concert in the woods. And they said, Jerry Springer, he sings, doesn't he? Oh, hell yeah, he'll sing. Oh, that's so what they you, got you? you I always told them that. that. I always tell you them that. Told them that. Oh, hell yeah, you got call him up here. Jerry Springer, come on up here. And he gets up on stage. And I heard this song the other day, and it made me think of this. And the song they did, Maria, was Ride Sally Ride. Oh. Great song. And Jerry sang the song with him. He came off the stage, and I said, I'm pretty impressed. I didn't know you, you knew Ride Sally Ride. And he says, I never heard a song before in my life. I just, they started playing, and I just started yelling out words. <laughs> no, that, that, that is a true story. And I didn't know what I was saying. It sounded great. All, they were all drunk, you know. <laughs> and it's a crowd of, you know, a <clears throat> bunch of bikers. So it was a comedy show. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> and you know how Ride, Ride Sally Ride has kind of an echo, has backup singers. Oh, yeah. And so that's what he slid into. 
But the, just but, the back, just the background. Yeah, all just all the <laughs> I just did vowels <laughs> <laughs> because if you're in an outdoor and people are yelling and, and singing along and cheering, no one articulates the words. You don't know what they're singing. It's just <laughs> ride, Sally, ride. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but it made the point. He's such a quick study that, oh, yeah. he, that they thought he he did that song all the time. I did. I've known him for years. I've never, and I always, you know, I always think he's sometimes kind of heavy on the '60s folky stuff. They didn't want to hear "Love Me Tender." Yeah, well, that, that could have worked too. Not in that crowd. I don't know. Maybe not. No, it's a Saturday night. They've been drinking. You're good you know, at a thousand bikers, and you, you sing right. "Love Me Tender" to them. <laughs> they would have beaten the hell out of them. All right, real fast. Do the first few bars of "Love Me Tender." Just. <clears throat> Jerry Springer! You notice, if you want to imitate Elvis, it's all vowels. There are no consonants when he sings. So you just go... You don't ever have to know the words, just. Jerry, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, the impeachment inquiry at the time of this recording is like a runaway freight train. It is just rolling. What is your take on the whole impeachment inquiry process and where you think it may be leading? Well, we had, with the Nixon impeachment, or the move towards impeachment, and he had to resign because they had the votes. It, for those of us old enough to remember, there was no way Nixon was going to have to leave. The American public was not in favor of impeachment. So Nixon, three weeks prior to the end, was still going to survive. You know, he was in his second term, and he was going to get to serve it out, despite the crimes. But then came the tapes. They revealed the White House tapes, and the phrase that we used at that time, which became part of American lexicon, that was the, quote, smoking gun. The Nixon tapes was the smoking gun, whereby then the Republicans stood up and said, Mr. President, you don't have the votes, you've got to go. And boom, he was gone. What happened in the last couple of weeks is we once again have a smoking gun. The White House itself revealed, distributed the transcript, the summary, the language of a phone call he had with the Ukrainian president, which on its face is an absolutely illegal, impeachable act. It cannot be defended under any theory. In fact, no one has come forth other than the president saying it was a perfect phone call. Uh, to seriously suggest that what he did 
was not illegal. The president of Ukraine, he's a new guy in, he's very young. Ukraine is afraid Russia has already moved in to take Crimea. They're worried that Russia will move further into the Ukraine and take over the Ukraine. Here's the problem. The United States Congress passed a bill to give $400 billion of military aid to the Ukraine so it could defend itself against a further Russian incursion. $400 billion. It is vital to Ukraine's defense. But, once again, Trump isn't thinking about how important that is in terms of the rights of the people of the Ukraine, how important that is to American security, how important it is to stop Russian expansion, military expansion. And he is obsessed with the fact that he can't be reminded that the Russians helped him win the election, that he's not really legitimately the president, that three million more people voted for Hillary. He can't get over that. And even the electoral college, which he won, now it appears that was because of the Russian involvement as well. He doesn't even want the issue raised. That's one thing. And secondly, he wants to make sure he wins in 2020. And he thinks that one of the real possibilities is that Joe Biden will run against him. So he's in a phone call with the president of the Ukraine. And the president of Ukraine says in this, and we're not guessing, this is what the White House released as it, the conversation. It's not someone else accusing him. It's what the White House says Trump did. The president of Ukraine says, please let us have those $400 billion that Congress passed because Trump stepped in and put a halt to it. And after, in the phone call, when the president of Ukraine says, could you release the $400 billion that Congress passed, he says, I hear you, but I have a favor, though. In other words, I understand what you want, but I have a favor, though. I want you to hear what my favor is. I want you to investigate the guy who may run against me for president. And I want you to talk to America's mayor. (laughs) I, I want you also to talk to Barr, the attorney general, and work out the details with them. But I want a public announcement by you, which gives it more credibility, that we're investigating Corruption by uh, Joe Biden and his son in the Ukraine. And that will release the $400 billion. So clearly that's extortion, right? You want to get this $400 billion, which by the way, you're entitled to anyway because Congress passed it. And I'll release it if you do me this political favor get dirt or announce that you're investigating. Even if you can't find dirt, just announce that he's being investigated. That'll give me political material to run against him. That's extortion. But don't get caught up in a debate about whether he really meant to have a quid pro quo. Obviously he did. 
but don't get caught up in it. It is illegal. It is a federal crime. It is a felony to ask a foreign power for help in a campaign. So the mere asking, it doesn't matter if, there, if it was extortion. You, you're not allowed to ask. So he has admitted already on faith they don't have to talk to one more witness, even though we're getting many more witnesses now. There is no respect for the law, for the Constitution. All the witnesses, Congress, you are subpoenaing. Sorry, you have no right. I'm the president. You can't investigate me. Since I'm not allowed to be indicted, I'm not even allowed to be investigated. And it's not proper grounds for you to impeach me, so I'm not going to let anybody come and testify, even if you give them a subpoena. So he's once again interfering with a constitutional investigation. How many laws can he violate? And so no longer can we say, eh, we can't really impeach. You know, maybe it's not a good idea. I don't think we have a choice anymore. Because if we don't impeach him, if we don't impeach him, we have basically said that never again can a president be stopped from doing anything illegal. Congress no longer has any power, despite what the Constitution says. Nobody can do anything to a president of the United States. He is now the king. He is above the law. Because whatever president comes next, and if he disobeys or she disobeys any law, all that president has to do is say, the precedent has been set. The president is above the law. U.S. versus Trump. So right now, to try to encourage Congress not to impeach is unforgivable. You are willing to give away the democracy of the United States of America. End of story. He has to be impeached. It's our Constitution. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, we're going to move on to the music segment of the podcast. I want to welcome to our, our humble little stage here, uh, from t originally from Texas, but he lives in Nashville, Tennessee right now. How about we give a warm welcome to Jeremy Parsons. Hey! Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Here's an uh, ornithological piece. If you're into birds, this is for you, for all the bird nerds out there. I also just really like to say ornithological. <laughs> Look out my window, what do I see? A little bluebird looking back at me. He sings a song all alone in his nest, and I wonder if he's singing about loneliness. Open my window and 
Take it all in as you listen to a number by my new blue friend Is he looking for a lover or did one just leave? Does he really feel blue or does his color deceive? You tell me why is the bluebird blue? Is a song he sings a somber tune? Does he feel like I feel since I lost you? Well, tell me why is the bluebird in blue? A hummingbird don't hang around too long. Mockingbird makes a living off of other bird songs. Bird somewhere that a robin weeps, but the bluebird is still one that I can't read. You tell me why is the bluebird blue? Is a song he sings a somber tune? Does he feel like I feel since I lost you? But tell me why is the bluebird in blue? Spring is out and there's love in the air I know that I've got plenty to share The bluebird's blue and buddy so am I And I feel about as low as the bluebird fly yeah. You tell me why is the bluebird blue Is a song he sings a somber tune Does he feel like I feel since I lost you Well tell me why is the bluebird why is the bluebird blue is a song he sings a somber tune does he feel like i feel since i lost you but tell me why is the bluebird in blue yeah baby why is the bluebird in blue yeah tell me why is the bluebird in blue thank you Thank you, guys. It's kind of like one of those uh, what uh, what rock through yonder window breaks, or what light? Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> I like the rock That's line better. Yeah. Everyone's been there. Yeah. Um, so Jeremy, you just recently came out with uh, an well. Can you tell us when your album came out? Um, the album is uh, called Things I Need to Say. Yes, and, um, properly titled. I'm just can't shut up about it still have things that i need to say yeah it came out in uh 2017 actually okay been uh just put it out by myself been doing self-promotion been playing texas and every other state that'll have me as well kentucky yeah. it's good to be here <laughs> kentucky's happy to have you yeah it was uh that that record was uh very necessary for me to make as far as like that's a, writing music and playing music has been my therapy since i started doing it Mm -hmm. at a uh, 17 which is pretty like older than most i always love music but like this is i think it's i could honestly say that it saved my life and writing and recording that record was very necessary for me to continue living my life sure <laughs> and uh you put a music video out recently um as well but i i did i put uh three out for this record okay. i just released the last single off of it a lot of the stuff on the on this record is very real like i didn't i didn't want to make something that there's a lot of stuff coming out of nashville right now that i don't necessarily like or approve of because it's not thought-provoking and 
Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you doing, man? I mean, the beat's cool, but that's not why we listen to country music. Let's be real. Um, Interesting. I don't is, it, is there a reason why you moved to Nashville from Texas? Is it because of the music scene? And then It was. I was like being, I was an hour and a half from Austin, so I had the, the choice of either Austin, Texas, or Nashville. And I noticed, I, I just went out to shows and asked like the guys who were doing way better than I was for advice. And they said, well, we all ended up in Nashville eventually. So it was like we spent 10 years in Austin and then spent another 10 in Nashville. I was like, so I could shave 10 years off of this whole process if I just go to Nashville is what you're telling me. They were wrong, but I'm glad I did it. (laughs) See, I mean, I I wonder about that, too. I actually have that written down. I was going to ask you about that because, like, me being a musician as well, it's like, you know, and you as audience members and those listening um, out there in podcast land, it's like... You know, you know Nashville for the music, and yeah. the, and I feel like a lot of musicians feel like they have to be there to be making legitimate music in a way. But like, do you like? Is that something that you still feel is the case? I don't think so. I think that's the cool thing about music. I was like, you can do it in the in the middle of the woods in a cabin if you want. Like, I mean, yeah. you, you can do music anywhere these days. But if you want to be plugged into like a mainstream scene like nashville's a spot for sure yeah but it's no longer like country music like it's it's music city now like we got hip-hop we got r&b we got pop we got americana is a a new one that's like my favorite genre Mm. so good that's where all the real music is if you're looking for it americana it's my opinion purely (laughs) jeremy thank you so much for sharing your songs with us yeah thanks for letting me we uh we want to know. I'm sure all the new fans out there would love to know where they can hear these songs in your album, and then uh, look forward to the rest of your stuff too. Yeah, uh, JeremyParsonsMusic.com is the uh, the best place to go. Um, will you do us a favor and sing "Down by the Riverside" and let Jerry sing on it too? Of course. I'm gonna lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm gonna lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Foolery Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song And to you for listening Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Gonna lay down my sword and shield Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Gonna lay down my sword and shield Down by the riverside down by the riverside I ain't gonna study war no more 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 I ain't gonna study war no Come back now, you hear?